Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Grab out your note sheet and let's jump right into today's sermon. Hey, um, glad that you're here uh, this morning. It's going to be a special day. So um, go ahead and you can have a seat. Relax. We were doing a lot of mingling, but we're not going to do mingling maybe for a few weeks. Uh, So um, let me explain kind of uh, the day. And then I'm going to explain some things, kind of what's going on as a church. And then Jose's preaching today. Super excited about that as we continue to go through John. Yeah, appreciate just, the, yeah, his, his time that away from family and as he works and all that and put extra time into studying the word and, and sharing that with us. Um, it's going to be good. It's going to really build us up uh, today. So today uh, we have uh, a lot going on. We are going to do a, uh, we have a lunch. And so that's being prepared and uh we're gonna be ready for you we have what is it like subway type style sandwiches um and chips and water and drinks and all that kind of stuff for you so hopefully you can hang out enjoy it's a beautiful day today the walkathon we're gonna keep it safe we're thinking about going outside but uh the fenced area but we're thinking it's this is a beautiful campus and with the kids some people don't want to walk across the street so our walkathon uh we're gonna walk around the kind of the perimeter of the school it's pretty big so it'll probably be like maybe a half mile three quarters of a mile. So even if you don't have your shorts or anything like that, you can walk with us, mingle and support. Uh, Shamika's here. And so we're going to support Melanoma Awareness. Yep. Thank you, Shamika. And so we're glad that you're here. Always thankful that, that God brought you and your family to the church. So, um, and just seeing you is always a inspiration. Um, today's also a celebration because we've asked you guys, this is a season where we just felt like as a, just where we're as a church, as far as this is a great season just to be aware of other people relationally financially um and as much as um you know things it's been crazy in our society uh we're blessed and that's an opportunity whenever god blesses you just so you know he blesses you so we could bless others so we could be the hand and feet of god and so we just like this would be a great season just to make sure that this holiday season for certain families uh that it it just is um it stays enjoyable it stays encouraging uh, and so uh, you guys were amazingly generous. So we put some baskets t- together. Um, and so we have that. Laura Lee, where are you? Okay. So um, make sure that I, I do the right one for the right person as far as I don't know if they're, they're different. But um, so we have a few families that we're, um, we're going to love on and for a specific reason. So um, is everybody here? Okay. So because I don't see where's Keegan. Ah, look at Keegan hanging out with the kids over there. What's up, brother? Hey, Keegan, can we can we borrow you for a second? <laughs> can someone else help you? Maybe just make sure the kids just don't run off, leave everybody. Um. So Keegan's gonna come up here, and um, so this is one family we want to love on. Keegan and Jessica, and Keegan is it okay if I should share a little bit why we're kind of loving on you. Come on up here. So what a privilege it is to have, again, just uh, Keegan with us. Um, We baptized uh, you and Jessica. Uh, How long ago was it? Was it a year ago? Yeah. Oh, was it this year? Yeah. What? Dang, that was okay. That's awesome. You guys were all baptized. That's so cool all together. Um, Keegan inspires me. Um, 
any of us that have been in a family, grown up in a family where um, life's been an uphill battle ever since you were a kid, <laughs> um, and then you put in addictions with that, um, but seeing, you're, you're an inspiration to me because every day Keegan wakes up, he's fighting for faith, he's fighting for his family. Um, we've been praying for Jessica, who's doing well. She's um, in rehab right now, doing well to kind of get back, get back with the family. And um, remember, it's a spiritual battle. It's not just a physical, emotional, you know, drug battle here. And so you inspire me. And so what he has to do to trust God every day. Um, and so we just feel like that with everything going on in your family, we want to encourage you guys. We want to encourage the kids. We want them to see Jesus. And you guys see Jesus in the church and that we love you. Uh, we want to make sure that you guys have a good Christmas. And so we put, um, which tree is it? So you get to pick a tree. And um, so we want to bless your family with uh, some gift cards. Again, this is from uh, everyone's generosity here, making sure the kids have a great Christmas. You don't have to be concerned, making sure you love on yourself, you know, uh, you get what you need uh, and um, and just make sure that uh, you guys can celebrate and this, that you're reminded of the church loves you. We pray for you, but we also want to practically love on you too. And so one of these trees is for you. So we just want to bless you and just say thank you. Thank you for being an inspiration to us in the midst of your struggle. You inspire us, uh, and we hope that we can just inspire you during this season. So um, go ahead and pick your tree. Merry Christmas, brother, okay? Yeah. Pick a tree and run off with it, dude, before I give it to someone else. No, not that one. The other one's better. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, another, we have a, a few families. Um, so another one is um, Shamika. Um, we want to make sure that you guys have a, a great Christmas during this season. And so uh, all of us, the holidays, um, when we've lost a, a family member, and, and if you've been in church for a while, Eric Martin was an important part of this church and was an inspiration. Um, and not just an inspiration for his physical and emotional battles with melanoma and cancer, um, but also his spiritual. And when you guys first came to this church where their family was at spiritually and how Eric grew, I mean, again, the week before he went and spent time, more time with Jesus, he's going where we are going. Um, he had a friend fly, let's not forget, and he was telling him about Jesus. This is a week before he's leaving here. And because uh, his main concern wasn't just melanoma awareness, it was Jesus' awareness, and that's the greatest awareness. And so that his legacy is twofold. It is that melanoma awareness, which I'm thankful for because I started getting checked after I met him. And I'm thankful that pre-cancer stuff getting taken care of. And so I'm thankful for that physically for him, but also the friendship we had, um, but just what he did spiritually inspired me too. And Shamika, you've been inspiring as far as just um, in the midst of your grief, um, inspiring as far as um, how you're trusting God and the changes in your family and and um, and with your sons, right, both of them, and what God is doing. And I know there's so much to share, but we just want to make sure you guys are 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 loved on and taken care of. And so um, we have is it the tree? All right. So I just want you to come up and you get to you don't get a choice. You just get one tree now. But our church uh, just want to say we hope that your Christmas. Your family's taken care of uh, and that the boys know that they're loved and that you know that you're loved. And so this Christmas tree is for you.
she was um she was just sharing that just how her fan has come closer to God. You said something very powerful too that I think without you guys kind of growing close to God, it's one of those things where she would think, where is Eric then? She wasn't have God in her life without the church. Um, but knowing where he is, being confident of that, what we believe, um, just knowing he's alive. <laughs> like he's he's alive and better than ever is comforting. So yeah. This is the joy of bringing people into faith, bringing them to the church, things like that. Uh, I just want to take time right now. Then let's just pray for Shamika. Life has changed dramatically, obviously. Um, and so let me just pray. Jesus, um, this is one I'm appreciative of the church, God, when we can rally around each other. Um, church is not a program. Church is not a philosophy. It is the living extension of you through your spirit. And God, we thank you for Eric and Shamika, their faith, their journey, that we get to walk with them through the ups and through the downs. And God, I pray that right now that she'd just be incredibly encouraged, just knowing that she's incredibly loved, respected, valued. I pray that her kids, that Ethan and Jeremy, that they would see you in a dramatic way, because when dad's not there, you fill that role you did in my life. <laughs> when my dads weren't there, you became my dad. And, and I pray that their testimony um, would just give glory to you and that you would fill the voids in their hearts and their minds. And I pray for Shamika, Lord, that you would comfort her in very, very tangible way and that she could trust you with what the future looks like and, and, and any worries or concerns just knowing you have her because you have Eric. So if you have Eric, you have her. And so, Jesus, we just pray that this little gift would just be an encouragement, a reminder of you and your hand in their lives. Praise in your name, Jesus. Amen. Another person that's going to be mad at us, we just like making people angry because we like loving on people whether they want it or not. If you don't know about our churches, sometimes we love on you and you don't want it, but we're going to do it anyway. So too bad. Um, Erlinda, we want to love and honor you. Um, and here's the thing is sometimes we're just not good with pain and hurt and how we do that as Christians. We tend to gloss it over and over-spiritualize it. And, and um, Erlinda lost her son this year. And I can't imagine. Um, and just, I know you have a thousand things going on, and there's some people that are probably like, get over it, get over it, get over it. And I keep telling you, like, in time, let Jesus just walk with you. Like, if anyone knows pain, it's Jesus. If he knows laws, it's Jesus. And he can identify you more than any person, any professional counselor, any husband, any other sons. Like, nobody can identify like Jesus. And my prayer is that, that this grief, your relationship with God would be such an inspiration and that through your pain that eventually becomes your ministry to help others, Erlinda. I just want you to know that God's going to use you to help and love others. So let him love you well and let us love you well because you're going to love others in ways that we can't, those of us that haven't experienced that. But this season, we understand um, that's going to be difficult. So this is just a little bit of a, a gesture. Just so you know, you're loved. We thought about you people that don't even know you gave just to encourage you. And we know it can't fill the void, but we know that. 
just a reminder that um, that we love you. That's it. And so I can't tell if you're going to walk up here or not because you're giving me a look like, and I know you're going to yell at me. I'm willing to take that. So, um, but we love you. Um, so what, what are we going to do? Are we taking it to her? Or, or Linda, would you come up here and accept that? So thank we We love you. The Bible talks a lot about loving people, being salt and light in the world, but it actually 90% of the love, whenever it says love, is actually the one another's here. So this is very special for me that you guys gave generously so, um, so, that, we could, uh, so that we could do this. Um, we're in an interesting season right now as a church. I haven't done any real public stance. <laughs> and I, I kind of want to tell you kind of where we're as a church and how we're responding to things and just so you know, kind of officially where we stand as a church on some things. Um, and then uh, hopefully that's not too awkward uh, because then I'm bringing up Jose and you get to preach. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be. Um, here's the reality is uh, life is all about holding two things. And sometimes they're um, opposing things or it's a paradox, right? You have a day where you have a lot of joy and you have a day where you have a lot of pain in one day. and You have to hold both those things. So we're living in this interesting time where the Bible is very clear where we need to respect the government, right? Pretty broad. What does that mean? You know, as far as just be respectful and things like that. Uh, but we also live in a country that has luckily established clear laws and boundaries for the worship of God. And we're fortunate in that sense. So we're walking this line. Um, and so I just want you to know we're very aware of the climate and where we're at. Uh, we're aware that the it had to go to the U.S. Supreme Court to keep governors from shutting down churches in the midst while malls and literally in San Diego County strip clubs are open. Those are literally open and uh, governors trying to shut down church didn't seem very constitutional. And we were for that as far as using a legal means to make sure that churches can continue to worship because our country allows it. Uh, and so with that, we're, we're very fortunate as far as the U.S. Supreme Court um, uh, handed that down. And so we're going to continue to meet as a church uh, and continue to do things. We're also aware of, like in this county, um, the ICU units, um, that uh, hospitalization, I don't know if you know this, but uh, we just went, occupancy is below, um, or there's only less than 15%. And that's kind of a line that uh, more things are getting shut down. And so like we had a Christmas party for our leadership planned this week. Um, and then we're wrapping up our Bible study and things like that. Uh, we decided also to say like, okay, but we need to be aware of what's going on too, you know, as far as what's happening in people's lives, whether it's the physical impact or just the emotional impact, right? Like if COVID hits close to home, there's usually more of an emotional impact than if you're just hearing about stories and things like that. We're, we're aware of that. And we're aware that people have different, you know, stances on that as far as some are more vulnerable, some are more fearful and understandable and some aren't. <laughs> so we're kind of like, hey, whatever happens, we understand. And we're trying to keep unified through that, Right. And so uh, it's one of those things that we decided to say, all right, for at least this season, especially right now, um, and uh, of making sure that, that we're being perceived by people that aren't Christians as respectful and honorable. I don't want to be seen as rebellious. I don't want to be seen as political or anything like that. We're going to shut those things down. So we're canceling the Christmas party and things like that. And we're doing that out of respect of saying, hey, 
things have shifted. There's a lot of concern. And just that the government has said like, hey, no private meetings or things like that. So we just want you to know we're, we're doing that. Church service will continue uh, to happen. We get to meet outdoors and we continue to, uh, to do that. Um, and so we have to walk this weird line though. We have to walk this weird line of where government officials are telling us one thing and doing another. We're aware of that, right? We're aware that's like, hey, don't meet while they go and meet and they fly and they do. We're aware of that. I want to remind you of this. People in power, people in government have always been hypocritical. Like we act like that's new. It, it's always happened. I also want to remind you of this, of that there's always been fear in society. Always. I grew up in the late 70s, early 80s, late 80s. And I don't know if you remember, but at that time, we used to have to drill going underneath our desks for a nuclear war. In school, they would literally have us, this is what you do. <laughs> Which, in my, Even as a little kid in my brain, I'm like, if there's a nuclear war, I don't think going underneath my desk is going to help. Right? Illogical things. Like, if there's a nuclear war, we're seeing, like, that drew me to Jesus early, right? I'm like, I want to make sure my faith is solid because a desk ain't going to help me. You see, society without God is always looking for artificial things to save you. you but you guys, that's been happening from the beginning of time. So here's what I want you to know. Yes, I'm aware, because I, I, I talk a lot about politically, about settling down. I'm politically aware. I'm very aware, but I'm not obsessed. I'm aware financially what's happening. I'm just not obsessed. I'm aware of diseases and famines and pandemics, which happen throughout history all the time. I'm just not obsessed. So as a church, we will be aware, but we're not obsessed. We're obsessed about Jesus. I, I just want you to know that because if you're not obsessed about Jesus and you're obsessed about politics, you're not going to thrive here. And this probably won't be a good place for you. I'm not even saying you can't post. I'm not saying you can't have a stance, you know, hey, recall Newsom. Go for it. You have the freedom in this country. Or I want to critique this, critique that. All I'm saying is, though, is whenever you post or whenever you talk, just be reminded of how is Jesus being perceived in the way you do it and how you do it. And are you aware or are you obsessed? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm going to say about that, right? So I just want you to know, because some people are wondering, like, where does Access Church stand? And, and you know, are you, you know, acquiescing to the government and things like that? No, we have to walk a line of being respectful because that shows on Jesus then how I'm acting. But also um, I have to walk this line of we live in a country of law and the U.S. Constitution, and the government needs to follow that. And we're for that. We have legal means, and we're going to take legal means. So do you understand kind of the line that we're walking we're not going to make perfect decisions, too. And I know sometimes maybe we make a decision that you might not agree with. Just give us some grace. We're trying to shepherd all people, not a political party. That's my greatest passion, is that people see Jesus. Government cannot save us. Education cannot save us. Medicine cannot save us. Jesus saves us. And the goal is to live for eternity, not just for 70 to 80 to 90 years. I just got to put that out there, right? So if you have a problem, let me know. Give me some grace, just like I'm going to try to give you grace. If you lack grace with me, then our conversation might be a little bit different. So I will give the grace that you give to me. Um, and our, our elders, um, we're going to try to make the best decisions for our church possible. Does that make sense? Awesome. It's great to see you guys nod. And a few of you aren't, I'm assuming I'll get an email from you later. Awesome. That'll be great. Yeah. And if you disagree, no food for you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You get one, you get one slice if you don't agree with me. 
but we're obsessed about Jesus. This is why Jose's preaching today. This is why we're going through the book of John. This is why we focus on the life of Jesus because we believe he gives you hope. He gives you confidence. He calms your fears. He helps with your relationships. He gives you eternal life. He gives you a good life. He gives you a focused life. And what everyone else is trying to do, that's not where we follow. We follow the path of Jesus. And Jose is going to be preaching on that as we open up to John. So as he slowly walks up here, I'm going to pray for him. And then Jose, I want to encourage you with this. Listen, it's tough when this is not what you do all the time to speak. But he's an elder here for a reason. I respect Jose so much. One of the hardest working people that I know who loves Jesus, who's spent years and years studying Jesus, following Jesus. And we all come up here as broken people preaching. We don't have it all together. Um, but I'm excited about what God's laid on your heart. And you're here. I just want to remind you, you're here to serve God, not to serve us. And you're here to build us up, not to impress us. All right. So just let God speak through you. And then I'm going to pray for you and just let it go. Okay, here we go. Come on up. Jesus, thank you so much for Jose. Personally, to me, he inspires me in what it means to be a man, what it means to be humble, what it means to um, wrestle with things, what it means to work hard. Um, and um, God, I pray that he just be an inspiration to us. God, our greatest need is not for Jose to impress us. Our greatest need is to soften our hearts because we can come here with hardened hearts, distracted hearts. We can come here with hearts that we desire sin more than you. We can come here with hearts that are hypocritical, where we critique others, but we don't critique ourselves. We can come here with, with hearts that are prideful, thinking that we don't need you, that we're not desperate for you. So I pray that what he preaches would be water unto our soul, that it would be food, nutrient for us to be stronger this week. So God, we pray that you would anoint him, bless him today. In your name, Jesus, amen. All right, so how are we doing today? Got to admit, I'm super excited to to be here with you guys, um, to be able to share the, the Word of God with you. Um, so excited, I even for a moment, I thought of shaving. But I was reminded of how amazing the church is and accepting and loving, so I decided not to. Um, but again... This is a great opportunity. I'm greatly honored um, to be here with you guys. Um, during one of our meetings, when Brian first brought this up, for, uh, during one of our elder meetings, to to take the opportunity, you know, to go on schedule and preach with you guys, I was stoked. You know, I was super excited. And then on the ride home, you know, it, it's one of those moments where you don't realize what you agreed to. Um, and on the ride home, it just kind of sunk in. I'm like, what it really meant, right? I really have to come up here and preach. Um, so it's definitely one of those moments where, came before God is like, God, I have no idea what I'm doing, so I need you to step in. Um, and with that, though, um, I, I, I am grateful. Should have brought my smaller Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I am grateful of, of how God has forced, um, I'm not going to say forced, more encouraged me to, you know, um, dive deep into his word, especially at the beginning of the series, um, and, you know, just being reminded what it means to know um, Jesus up close and personal. Um, and it, it, it really stirred up this this excitement um, inside of me, you know, being back at church because we were first coming back, um, you know, meeting again on, on campus. And it's exciting, right, when we get together. Um, definitely, you know, like how we saw earlier what the church represents. And, you know, and part, part of that excitement, you know, like everyone else, my family builds routines on what we do on Sundays you know we um, we come to church we go get lunch um, 
and that's very important aspect my kids remind me every after church is done we're going to go eat um and you know we go home uh and watch a movie and take a nap my favorite part is taking a nap um and and you know in in it's it's funny because when i was thinking about this um about our our routine you know how we um the worst part of it is when it comes down to picking what to watch right um and like many families especially during um these lockdowns we we've gone around to watching a lot more movies than than normal um because me me and my wife have completely completely different tastes in movies um and you know if it were up to her we will watch um christmas movies and chick flicks all day all night right uh <laughs> and or it, it, it gets even worse when it's a chi- uh, Christmas chick flick, like yesterday. <laughs> but it, it's all part of the process. Uh, me, on the other hand, um, it, I just don't like movies that make me cry. So I, I don't, yeah. Me, I, I prefer action movies. You know, I, I prefer movies that uh, really kind of make you feel like you're a hero or, you know. Um, but in in... One one of the favorite techniques that I love um, in in film is, you know how when they start in the middle of the movie or at the end, you know they have a scene and then they cut to the beginning of um, of the story. You know I I love how how those movies start and um, really they make you think of the whole movie with that end scene in mind. And that's similar to what we're gonna try to do today. Um, I'm gonna take you t- to the end of uh, John twenty. And we're going to start at the end of John to really get an idea of with that context in mind, land in John chapter 8 and really read that story with a different lens. Um, so the goal is to try, to try to see what happens at the end to be able to uh, get a better idea of what's going on in the beginning. Um, so if you tr- please turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 20 we're going to start in verse verse 11 so starting in verse 11 but mary stood and we're going to come back to that word stood so we um it's really important to come back to it so woman but mary stood weeping outside the tomb and as she wept she stood she stooped to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of jesus had lain one of the one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, and she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. It's John chapter 20 really deals with, with the aftermath of the, the burial, the, the crucifixion, the burial and resurrection of Jesus. And in dealing with that, um, and one one of the points that that we have to remember, I don't know if you guys remember going back to week one when when Brian was preaching, and where he he pointed out what what was the purpose of this series, what was the purpose of the book of John, and I don't know if you guys remembered um, in verses thirty and thirty one where John specifically wrote why he chose these events. Right, he said 
I have chosen these events. I have chosen what is written. Not that that's everything that's been written, that, that has been documented, but he chose specific events so that you may believe that Jesus is a Christ, the son of the living God, and in him you may have what? Life. So that's, that's the, the, the theme, and that's one of the greatest themes in the Gospel of John's that we have been attempting to press into with this series. It's knowing Jesus up close and personal because by doing so, you know you have life. And this is this idea of life, and it's not the, the, the representation that we see in society or in culture of what life is, but really having life to the fullest, having abundant life, having life that brings joy to, to your soul. Um, and, you know, the, the scriptures illustrate is a perfect illustration that they give is that it's like rivers of living water bursting into eternal life. That, that is the type of life that, that Jesus is trying to give us. It's not the, the gnawing, um, constant, what's next, what's more that, that we have in society, right? Because it, any other method of living, there's always this constant gnawing in your soul, like what's next, what's next to accomplish or what, what more is out there. And in knowing Christ up close and personal, that 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 is the solution to to the attempt, like the God-sized hole in our soul, that we're always looking for something more. You know, it's it's like this constant thirst that we have, right? And knowing Christ is the only way that quenches what we feel inside. Um, so in Going, going back to, to, to John, you know, in the first, in verse 11, where it says, Mary stood. It's this idea of standing, you know, this, this idea of, of her um, standing in the tomb is that she, she gave it all, everything to Jesus. I don't know, um, back in, in the other Gospels, it shows how Mary was saved. She was a demon-possessed woman that Jesus um, saved her, right? So she gave everything she had to Christ. She gave. She constantly supported him. She constantly followed him. And and coming to, to the end, you know, she she held on to what Jesus was telling her, what was telling his disciples what was going to happen, right? He's saying, I will die, but I will rise. You know, but none of his disciples were there. The only person that stood there was Mary. And, you know, that that just shows how much she was holding on to to the word of God. You know, this this idea of like her standing, this idea of being all in, digging everything, setting roots into what Jesus, um, what Jesus was teaching her. Um, and, you know, we, we have this the same the same term terminology that that we see in that word is also found um, in Ephesians, where where Paul was talking about put on the full armor of God to resist the evil one and to be able to stand firm. Um, for those who went to the Bible study in in Philippians one twenty seven, it says the same thing: like stand, walk worthy of the gospel of Christ, standing firm. You know, so this this idea is. Do we, who do we stand for? 
you know, us as, us as Christians, us, you know, the church, who are we standing for? And, you know, this is important to ask because we're, where we put our confidence is where we're going to stand. Where we put our confidence is where we're going to attempt to stand. And by doing so, um, and if we really think about, you know, what where the different things that we can possibly put our confidence in, we think about relationships, our our bank accounts, um, our jobs, our careers, or trying to get that next that next promotion. It's like these things cannot bear the weight of the world. And look at the way um, 2020 has gone. This is a perfect example. <laughs> this pandemic has rocked our society. You know, there, there's people that put hopes and dreams in careers and in an instant it was taken away. But we sometimes we as growing up, um, we put, you know, our our who we are in in our relationships, the, the friendships that we have. And what happens when those things are no longer there? What happens where where we put these these our hope, where we put our confidence can bear under the weight of the world? Because it it's sad to say when when life when life happens, um, when things go bad, and, and unfortunately, you know, this this year we have realized how much things can go bad. You know, and the Bible is very clear. Sorry, I'm all over the place here. Um, the Bible is very clear that things will go bad. Um, we have, you know, this is one of the, the, the biggest themes in, in the New Testament of standing firm in the gospel of truth, standing firm in Christ Jesus. It's a constant reminder because it, it's, it's giving us a glimpse that, that we live, unfortunately, we, we live in a broken world. We, we live in a world that where sin exists, you know, and that, and that brokenness you know, will, will sometimes push us to, to a point where we, tr we start putting our, we start reaching out to other things, where we start putting our confidence in things that, that, that is built on a house of cards, you know, it going back to reminding me of the parable where Jesus, um, the builder, the parable of the builder, where it's like, where where are you building your your hope and dreams in this life? Um. So when. So this this series is really pushing, pushing us to really think about. Uh, to really think about you know what what it means to. What does it mean to stand? In Christ. Knowing Jesus up close and personal. What does it mean to know him. In. In a way. Where you're putting all your confidence. And all your hopes. In him. Something that is. Unmovable. So that's. That's what really what we're pushing for. Is to stand in what is unmovable. Which is Jesus Christ. Uh, if we look at verse going on in. In verse 12, when we see one of the things like, so how, how do we stand in Christ, right? So it's, it's an analogy that we can take um, in different, different ways. But re really, if we go back 
and read verse 12. One of the things that Mary did that is really important that as she was standing there, she stepped into where she thought Jesus was, right? So she stepped into the tomb. And that's, that is one example that we can take. It's like we have to push ourselves to step, take that step of faith into where we think Jesus lies. Um, when, she looked, when she looked into the tomb, she saw two angels. She saw an angel in the head um, in the feet of where Jesus was laid. And very important point that, that we find um, in the Old Testament. So one other place where we see two angels standing the head and the feet. Um, in the book of Exodus, I'm going to ask you guys, I'm going to turn to the book of Exodus real quick. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be its length, and a cubit and a half its breadth. And you shall make two cherubim of gold. Of hammered work shall you make them on the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub at the end and one cherub at the other end. Of one piece with the mercy seat shall you make the cherubim on its two ends. The cherubim shall spread out their wings above overshadowing overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings and on their faces to one another towards the mercy seat shall shall the faces the cherubim be and you shall put the mercy seat on the top of the ark and the ark shall put the testimony that i shall give you there i will meet with you and from above the mercy seat from between the two cherubim that are at the that are on the ark of the testimony i will speak with you all speak with you about all that i will give you and commandment for the people of Israel. Mary stepped in and saw a representation of, of something that was written thousands of years before her time. And I don't want to miss this because this is very important in what it represents. That when she stepped into the tomb, she saw a representation of God's mercy. This, this is two angels facing each other, asking her, what is it that you are looking for? When, when God commanded um, Moses to build the Ark of the Covenant, it was just a simple box. In that box, you had the Ten Commandments. The book of Hebrews says that Aaron's staff was in there and a jar of manna that was there. It was overlaid with gold and on top of the plate, represented on uh, top of the box, uh, represented God's mercy seat. Two angels facing, facing each other. And God told Moses, this is where my presence will be and this is where I will speak to you from. So every year on the Day of Atonement, the high priest will go in just once a year, will go in into the room of the tabernacle of the Holy of Holies that only he was allowed to go in, will step in there, sprinkle blood against the mercy seat, asking forgiveness for the people of Israel. So once a year, they will go in. No one else was allowed to go in besides the high priest. Now we see something that something incredible that when Mary stepped into that room, Mary being a woman, not being a high priest, stepped into the presence of what represented God's mercy. And that is something that, that now we see the point. And remember, John wrote certain things to grab our attention. Okay, so this... This was specifically chosen to, for us to believe what was the point and mission of Christ. 
What what is it that we're getting to um, as we take Jesus and and we take the time to get to know Him up close and personal? If you recall, you know, in, in the beginning of John, it said um, John one fourteen. It said the world the and the Word became flesh and He dwelt among us. The whole mission, the whole point of God coming coming with us is Him getting uh, for us getting to know Him, us getting to know that be. That when we get take that step towards Christ, what are we getting? His mercy. And as we step into that room, as Mary stepped into that room, she, she realized that now mercy and the presence of God was in front of her. And so as that's one one, one thing we have to remember, okay, what was that Christ that the whole point of Jesus coming down was to dwell among the people of God. Um, and and that's that's a great pursuit. That's um, what A.W. Tozer called the, the great pursuit of man. It's just God constantly coming after us to grab our attention, to grab, to pull us towards him, to pull us towards the, the throne room. And and sometimes we don't even realize, that, you know, just like just how Mary, she didn't know what was going on. Her whole world was shattered. Everything that she, everything that 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 Jesus' followers thought was going to happen, did not happen. Nothing of what they thought of Christ coming, the Messiah coming down and setting up rule and taking over Israel, none of that happened. So their idea of who God was and what He represented and what He was going to do, none of that happened. And but yet you have one person that bet it all. She stood at the tomb and trying to figure out um, where Jesus was. So now, it, in as as we we go through the series, um, and you know, we still have the latter half of the book of John. Is like we we have to remember what what it what was the point? Um, going back to to the very beginning, what was the point? Of all of this, of what was a, in reference to the book, it's that we may believe in Christ, that we may believe that He is the Son of the Living God, and then in Him we have life. That is the point of getting to know Jesus: is to have life. Um, so, with with that in mind, representing um, with with knowing what happened with Mary, knowing what happened with Coming before the throne room, coming before the mercy seat of God. We're going to go back in, to John chapter 8 and read a story. So this story, um, I'm sure some, many of us have, have, have read this story before. John chapter 8, verse 1 through 11. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives early in the morning. He came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught, and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placed her in the midst. In the midst. They said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? This they said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. 
Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin, who who is without sin among you, be the first to throw a stone at her. And at once more he bent down and he wrote on the ground. But when they heard they when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus said said Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and now sin no more. The in in the book of um, as I was studying, I really got pulled towards um I don't know why, but in the book of Revelation, uh, specifically chapter 12 and 13, you have this this illustration of um, the woman, which represents a church throughout, throughout all space and time. And in, in it really represents the, the war that's going, that goes on between um, the enemy and God's church and God's people. And in, in, that, in those battles, you see that the enemy really tries three things that he really tries to do against God's church. One is accuse, deceive, and destroy. And it's just reminded me that this accusation, uh, being accused, is kind of one of the frontal assaults in our lives as Christians by the enemy. Sometimes we, we, and we have such a hard time believing that, that what, what, the gospel represents it's out of our reach in a sense right and really it doesn't matter how long we we've been christians or even if we're just getting to know god we we sometimes walk through this self-condemnation and self-accusation that that who we are is not good enough for him you know we get caught up in these cycles and like many i've personally been caught and these cycles of sin of doing the same thing over and over is like, and you just really start feeling like you're not, you're not good enough. Like what, what's written here, is not for you. And and that is one of the biggest lies that, that the enemy uses against the church. Like we we have sometimes we get this idea that that God. Like who who we are before God is is something like almost as if God is frustrated with us or or like He's angry with us, and that's far from the truth. And it's something that we're we're really trying to to press into in in knowing Jesus and knowing Him in not just through the text but knowing Him in relationally in experience. Is that he loves us. That he, that when we stand, just similar to this woman. That when we stand, sometimes we stand before God, we we feel like we stand condemned, right? We we get we get so caught up in in the things that we do in our sinful nature, and just and we start feeling like we're not good enough, and and it's terrifying to come to God with that in mind. You know, I, I I remember years ago, um, 
and 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 this is a story of many of us here, right? Where where we f- where we walk through, we have stories of of things that that God has just pulled us out of, and and as a Christian, knowing God, somehow I walked away from my faith. And you know, one of the most terrifying things I remember this very vividly was coming back to God. Like I, I really felt like this was far, far from me. And and sometimes we and, and I know that 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 feeling is very common in the church. That we feel like we're not good enough. For the God that we serve. That somehow our name has frustration in front of it. Or has some some descriptive adjective in front of it. <laughs> um, and, and no, it's not. Because when we step before the presence of God. There's one thing that we have to realize. To, to ignore the deception. And realize that we step. Into God's mercy. What what he. When we step into that throne room. It's mercy. When he. When we stand. As terrifying as it is. When we stand before him. Just like that woman. We stand bare. Caught in whatever mess that we're caught up in. Sometimes it's anger. Because of things that have happened. Right. Because life. Sometimes it sucks. It's terrible. But if we just take the time to, to lie in his presence, we realize that he calls us. Who has condemned you? Where are they? And that, that is the greatest feeling of knowing Jesus. That once you get to know him, you realize that he has not condemned you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. It, you know, what, what, what we saw earlier, it's kind of really hard to follow when we, when we see the representation of God's church doing what, what it was meant to be, right? To be the hands and feet of Jesus. When, when we reach out to each other, when, when we're broken, when, when we're hurting and, and just seeing the love of Christ flowing through his people. And this, that just goes to show that, you know, it's like when li- life happens. And sometimes life hurts, you know, and and we have a million questions of, of what's going on. Um, but I, I really one of the hardest things I really want to press on this church is that, you know, as as we go through through worship and we open up communion, is that this right here is what represents the throne room, the mercy seat of God. It's, it's taking the time to remember what he did for us and just take that step of faith. Lean, lean into experiencing Jesus personally. Because when you experience Jesus personally, 
you stand on something that's unmovable. He will stand with us to weather anything that, will, that life can throw at us. Anything. Losing loved ones. Um, losing our jobs. Losing relationships that we've placed our hopes in. Careers. Um, you know, thinking about, you know, what what the youth is going through this year and just how they're being rocked. Friendships all around, not being able to um, be around people. It all, that brings so much pain that you may feel no one understands. But just as Brian mentioned earlier, he knows. Christ knows what you're going through. Jesus knows what you're going through. So as the worship team comes up, I'm asking church, take the time. Take that step of faith to walk into the arms of, of Christ and really experience what it is to know Jesus up close and personal. Father, I thank you, Lord. Uh, God, because knowing you is one of the sweetest joys of this life. And Father, I pray that Everyone here can really know, can experience the life that you are here to give, Father. And in experiencing that life, whatever situation that we're in, Father, I know that, that you walk with us. You walk in our pain. You walk in our frustrations. You walk in our anger. Even when sometimes it's that anger may seem like it's towards you, God. But I, I pray, Father, as we take communion, that we really experience some, something similar to what Mary experienced that day in walking in front of your mercy seat, Father. Walking in, into seeing the mercy of God, that, that you're there for us, Father. So I pray, Father, for, for this day and, and what we're doing. Um, honoring the Martin family that and, and everyone else father that has that's been rocked this year um, losing loved ones father I pray that you walk with us God and I know that you will thank you for listening to today's podcast for more information or to get in contact with our pastoral staff please go to go to accesschurch.com 